Hi, I'm Nick Anderson. You're listening to Web 37 Daily. On today's episode, we interview Elric and Frida, the husband and wife duo that leads the Rebel Society NFT project. In today's episode, we talk about their artistic inspiration for the project, why they have the traits that they have, and what it's like to be a husband and wife duo in the NFT space. Tune in to hear this and so much more. What is up, everybody? This is Web 37 Daily, where we bring you all the things happening in Web 3, the people, the projects, really what's next in the NFT and Web 3 space. I am honored to bring you today, Gavin Mueller. Gavin? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. How are you? Awesome. I'm good. I'm good. How about you? I'm fantastic now that we're, uh, we're able to share the stage together here. So, um, so first off, um, you know, you have such an incredible story. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that, um, you know, I'm actually able to host this space today with you because, you know, we had an intro call and I was able to get a glimpse of your story. And really, it's, it's honestly been one of my favorite stories coming, I guess you could call it success story out of um, Web3 and, and what this space has produced. Um, call it what you want, you know, in terms of uh, certain nuances of the space, you know, good, bad and different. But I think that there's a lot of good stories. And, and I think yours is definitely one of them. Um, could you first just bring us through uh, really like what your early life was like? Um, and then, you know, summarize that and then bring it up into your, I guess, your origin story with Web3. What was your first uh, interaction with Web3? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I guess I can start from like whenever I was a kid, um, I would always, I would always draw. Um, and the times I would uh, create the most uh, were when negative things were going on in my life. Um, like I would get bullied a lot and at school and, you know, I just, I would just work through it with art. Um, I, I didn't know how else to show my emotions because I didn't really have any friends during like the elementary school side. So I would just, I mean, yeah, I would just create, create, create. Um, I was always the kid in the back just creating, you know, and, um, once I got to middle school, you know, it, it kind of got to where uh, the bullying kind of upgraded to, like, they would um, start, like, really getting to you. So, like, I got made fun of for uh, the way I smelled because I grew up in a, a home where uh, people would, everyone would smoke inside the house. And, um, and you know, like that kind of thing. And, and it was moldy in there. Uh, where I grew up, it wasn't, uh, I just, I just couldn't, uh, go anywhere without people smelling the smoke, I guess, and the moldiness. And, um, that really affected me. Uh, Sorry to hear that, man. It's, it's all good. Um, it really affected me hard because no one wanted to be around me 
they had to get to know me very well before they'd want to be around me because of this smell. Um, so, um, you know, I actually went to the, um, in elementary school, I actually went to the principal's office. The teacher actually dragged me by the ear and took me to the principal's office and said, he stinks, call his parents. And there was, there was nothing that anyone could do really. Um, and she was a very like abusive teacher. It's actually one of the only abusive teachers I had. Um, but like, you know, like that kind of thing really distanced me from people. So that's kind of like me going into the loner space of like uh, art. And, you know, every time something negative would happen in my life, I would always just, you know, pick up a brush, pick up a you know, pencil. Um, whenever I got into high school, it was a lot better. Um, I, as far as like the smell, like I would try to like uh, spray cologne or whatever. But like whenever I was in middle school, elementary school, for some reason, I, didn't, I don't know, I guess I just didn't get it because we didn't have much money. Um, there was a lot of times when we uh, we had zero money for food. Um, we would get uh, churches or random donation places would give us food. Um, whenever I was in elementary school and middle school, um, we didn't have like anything. So I was just grateful like whenever Christmas came around, I was grateful that I even got like something. Like it was always like, are we going to do Christmas this year or are we going to move? And sometimes um, it would come so close, but we would always stay in the same place luckily uh, because something would come up and my, somehow we just were able to stay at the place we were and get Christmas. And like, it was just, it was just so close always. Um, so that put a lot of fear into me at an early age of like, I don't want to work paycheck to paycheck. Um, I need to find some kind of way to do what I love and be happy and also uh, make a, an amount that I'm not going to be paycheck to paycheck. Um, so that was kind of like my intro into like, <laughs> I don't know, like my childhood. Um, so now where do you want me to take this? Well, I mean, I guess, um, you know, first, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, um, I think from, you know, what the way I, I see it is that it must have, well, first I want to comment on one thing. And I think that um, this could provide a lot of value to people in perspective is honestly that perspective that you had on, on Christmas alone. I mean, the fact that you could have it or not. I think that that really thinking that that framework of, you know, it's a gift to even get a gift, right? It's even, it is, it is a privilege to be able to have a gathering with your family. You know, it's, it's, it's a privilege. And I think that a lot of people forget that, um, you know, as we move past the holidays, I think it's important to realize that, um, that perspective of it's, it's every day is a gift. I think bottom line is, is something that people for oftentimes forget and it needs to be repeated. So, um, you know, thank you for that. But, um, to answer your question as to, you know, where to go from here, I'm thinking, you know, maybe just take us right before, you know, the time, like uh, you said, high school, it, whatnot, you got older and everything. And 
what um, bring us right before when you were about to uh, get your first introduction into the NFT space. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, right before we do that, I'm going to actually mention high school. Please and, do. Um, how basically I just want to say that like um, for anyone that's in high school or in middle school or, you know, like basically younger, that's still in school, um, you don't have to, like I was, you don't have to be interested necessarily in what's going on. I was very bored in art class because they would always try to teach me things that just weren't important to me. Um, you know, like there's certain art projects, a lot of those people that did the art projects and made 100s, those people, um, like they might not do art or, you know, I guess for the most, the majority, I guess like 90% of them won't actually go and like try to make an art career out of it. Um, and I actually made, uh, like 70s in art class. Because I just never did the projects that my teacher wanted me to, but I had three art classes in one um, in one like uh, day, because she's seen how much I love art. So like I would always just uh, we would always bicker back and forth because she kind of like <laughs> liked me, um, because I I just I just couldn't work on her projects. Their their curriculum they're like so caging in, and I would always want to think of these abstract ideas. And uh, she just wasn't having it, you know, like she wanted to teach me um, different kind of things. And I just, I just wasn't interested. So, you know, like that's just something that I wanted to say. Um, and while I was in high school, I got a, um, a job at Pizza Hut. And um, what was interesting to me was I was coming home um, and like making hardly anything. And I would tell people that like, like I would ask people, you know, hey, where's a restaurant I can hang my art at? Where's somewhere I can do something to show people my work because I don't know where to show them my work. Um, and what's interesting is there's, there was nothing out there in my area. Like absolutely no one had any leads for me. Um, so I kind of like, I basically was just working, uh, working through um, high school. I just kept working on my craft and trying to hone like, I just really wanted to become a really uh, good artist. And uh, I would work on that, like, all day. Like, as soon as I get home, that's all I would do is, um, is study. Uh, I would study the old masters. I would study uh, anything that there is on YouTube that you could study. And then I would go and watch films about um, artists. I would do anything I could to research their success story. You became um, obsessed. They got, yeah, yeah. I just, I just couldn't get over it because there was something there. Like I just knew that this was like something that I wanted to do, and um, and for a while there, I um, I was living at my uh, parents' house, and like every time I would feel like I was getting somewhere, um, there were these negative things that would happen. Um, like my mom, she's an alcoholic, and you know, that, that takes a lot of strain on me because I have a little, um, a younger sister and she's much younger than me. And like, it just, it just took too much toll on my mind to, um, have to like take care of her and then also take care of my mom. Mm. And like, it, it was just too much for me. Um, so I felt like I couldn't focus on my work anymore. 
uh, so I ended up moving in with my um, my wife's parents, and uh, you know there I felt like I could really focus on my work. Um, I I got I got many jobs uh, throughout that time, and like nothing ever stuck because I would always work. Like I got a job at Chick Fil A. And I kept, they kept telling me not to work on my art while I was working. And, like, I just couldn't help it. Like, I was, like, literally, I was, like, supposed to be making raps. And, like, they just, they were like, Gavin, Gavin, you, you have to stop working on your art. Like, you can't work on your art here. Because um, I would take the, the Chick-fil-A um, wrap paper that you would wrap it up in. Um, it was, like, a kind of like a blank canvas. So I would bring a pen and I would just kind of work on it. And, uh... Basically, I would do all of my work um, at Chick-fil-A, and then I would, as soon as I'm done, I would start working on it. And then the second that it picked up, I would stop, work, and, like, you know, like, I would just try to work. And, like, what they wanted me to do was go help other people out. And it just, it always came to this same thing of, like, Gavin, look, you have to do better (laughs) here. You can't be there. Um, So I got a job. um, that, That job ended. I quit that one. Um, I got a job at a trucking place and um, to paint on, uh, I wanted to paint trucks because I wanted to get closer to what I wanted to do, even though that's not what I wanted to do was paint trucks. Um, It was at least painting. I at least got to mess with the materials. Why were you painting Um, the trucks? Like what was the, break that down for us. uh, So uh, they, I don't know. It was just, it was just a job my dad worked at and I thought, Hey, this will be an easy job. Um, let me let me work here, and to my surprise, all of them were really really toxic. Um, I just couldn't work in a place that was really toxic. So again, I, I met something else where like there was just so many um, factors at jobs that I didn't like, um, and so they wanted me to paint trucks. Um, but whenever I signed on to the job, that's what they said I would be learning how to do. But once I got in the job, I was cleaning bathrooms. And I was cleaning bathrooms that they haven't cleaned in 20 years. Oh, Jesus. Um, None none of these guys ever, it was a bunch of, you know, aggressive, um, gaslighting kind of guys. And they were all macho, you know. like, um, So they all were just like, you know, you're going to work up to this. Um, And they said... Once I got there, they were like, once I got to the actual job, they were like, yeah, maybe in four years you'll paint a truck. For now, you're on bathroom duty. And, like, that's just that's just not how I roll. Um, right. I'm not going to clean bathrooms whenever I thought I was going to be working on, um, you know, painting trucks. Uh, and then at some point, I was listening to Gary Vee podcast because it got so toxic. Um, so I was listening to Gary Vee podcast. The, uh, the owner came up to me, the boss. He was like, what are you doing uh, listening to your earbuds? You need to be working. And, you know, I was just like, you know, I can still hear everything. I'm I'm just listening to Gary Vee podcasts. And he's like, oh, yeah, I heard of that dude, that guru guy. And he got kind of upset. I don't know why. And then later on, um, about two months later, uh, he got mad at me because of something. I forgot what it was. But... Um, Basically, he said, if you want to go be a Gary Vee, go be a Gary Vee and don't work here anymore. So I said, okay. So I I went and (laughs) did my own thing. Um, I started getting into the flip game because Gary Vee was talking about it on uh, his podcast. 
And, uh, you know, every day at that job, though, I would I would watch YouTube videos of flipping and um, art videos. Um, and I was I was so glad to be done with that job because then I really started focusing on both of those. But reselling started taking up all of my time and I couldn't work on my art anymore, which really made me sad. Um, so I was I was basically only being able to pay my bills with that reselling job. Um, and that just, that just wasn't working for me because um, that's the exact situation that my parents were in, just paying the bills. That's something I fear a lot. Um, so I was listening to one of Gary V's videos while I was, um, I think we were at Goodwill and I just had it like in my ear and he mentioned NFTs and, uh, and I invested in Ethereum. I invested like, like $2 a month because um, that's all I could, you know, move over, but that's the one investment I invested in. And, um, and so like I knew about cryptocurrency and he mentioned NFT. So I was really interested, but whenever I went on to see how to actually make an NFT, it was very confusing and it cost a lot for me. So what I did instead was I just saved up money, um, until I could afford some sort of, uh, initial cost. I think it said it was like $200. Uh, so I saved up 200 but then things came up, money went away, and uh, we ended up getting a stimulus check. So with that stimulus, I was like, awesome. I'll invest in NFTs. <laughs> um, I'll invest into myself getting into NFTs. And whenever that came up, um, it was so complicated, I couldn't understand actually how to do it. Uh, I didn't understand how to even get a wallet. I just It just went over my head. So I waited a little bit longer until I seen the Fuocious and uh, Gary Vee uh, YouTube video. It was a live stream, and um, that really changed like everything. Uh, one specific part in that video was Gary said, "I hope this creates um, another ferocious." That's what I want this video to do. And then I started talking. Uh, they started talking about how this kid named Ferocious um, was in a bad situation. He was stuck. That's how I felt. You know, I was stuck. I didn't have um, a vehicle at my parents' house. Um, so like, like, that's what I felt like. I felt stuck. So this was perfect. Um, he was a kid that was super passionate about art and, um, and it was like a, this awesome success story. So I dove deep into, um, Felocious. I dove deep into NFTs and I was like, wow, this is incredible. So immediately whenever that video was done, the live stream was done, I jumped up and I told my wife, I was like, look, I have to do this. Even if it takes our last bit of savings, um, I have to get in. So I jumped in. I um, I minted my NFT. I accidentally burned my NFT because I didn't know what that oh, was. No. <laughs> um, and the burning cost me four hundred dollars. Um, oh boy! And I and I put in a bunch of ETH because I didn't know how much minting was going to cost. Um, and then if whatever the excess was, I was just going to take out for bills. And you know, I was so unaware of how to do all of this. Um, so once I got the hang of it, um, once I got the hang of, hey, NFTs don't sell because you post them, they sell because you market them. You know, like I didn't understand that. It took me about two weeks to understand. Um, I started in uh, the very last day of June, I think. And, um, and within two weeks, actually, Instagram posted one of my pieces. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> 
OpenSea posted one of our pieces on their Instagram, and um, and that got my first actual collector, which was sick. Um, is there any specific place you want this to go? No, look, I mean, I'm just trying to get the full scope of of what got awesome. you. Yeah, just like what got you into the space, and and yeah, I mean, I think yeah, you're, you're right. You're definitely on the right track of what exactly. I'm looking to portray here, but I do want, there's one caveat that I do want uh, to mention that I remember from our conversation and that was, you know, and if you're comfortable sharing in terms of really like how, how close the, the difference was between, you know, expenses versus what you were actually making. And then the story of, well, you know, what you actually started to make in NFTs so quickly after Right. So the, um, I think that's, that's such a huge, um, thing to so, highlight. Um, my big thing in elementary school, middle school, and in high school, um, was I would research success stories. Um, and I didn't want to be paycheck to paycheck, but, uh, when I got out of high school, I didn't have some kind of, I didn't go to college. I didn't have some kind of skill. So I worked at that JCS job, um, which is, trucking job where I would paint trucks, but I didn't actually get to paint trucks. Um, to clean the bathrooms, I think I was only paid like 20000 a year. Um, and the apartments near me are like 24000 a year. So obviously, I didn't have enough. You know, I was I was negative 4K if I was going to, uh, if me and my wife were going to move out on our own. And she was trying um, to do college. Uh, so, you know, like it was just such a tough situation. Because I just didn't have enough. And this job, which is supposed to be a good job, um, it's like $12 an hour or something like that. Um, it's supposed to be, you know, a decent amount. Uh, it just wasn't livable. Um, so that's why, you know, I started researching reselling. And with reselling, I um, I bumped it up a little bit. I made, I think, twenty five or 26000 a year. Um, and that that was more um and i could do what i didn't want to do which is clean bathrooms i could just you know flip items but that still wasn't a livable amount right and going back to when OpenSea posted uh my work on instagram um that brought in my first collector and whenever i uh whenever i kind of reached out to them i was like thank you so much for um for posting me on your Instagram, you know, that, that made my first sell. And whenever I got into NFTs, I was just looking to make $100 extra. Um, I just wanted to make one sell out of this entire first year that I got in NFTs. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to make one sell, um, which was, you know, I think I had written on the board a hundred to $200. Um, that's all I wanted to make this entire year off NFTs. Um, and, what ended up happening was whenever I messaged um, uh, OpenSea, um, telling them thank you so much for, you know, posting my work on their Instagram. They said, "Do you want to be on the homepage?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, you know, like that would be awesome." Um, and I was only two weeks, uh, three weeks into NFTs, um, and that that was blown, that was mind blowing, but I didn't actually know what that meant. Um, Whenever they said homepage, I thought, wow, there's some more eyes. Maybe I'll get two more sales, right? That's what oh, I was thinking in my head. Little did um, you know. 
little <laughs> did I know, uh, my second collector, uh, which bought one of my Ethereum Blooms, which is a very like under the radar, uh, one of my very first uh, things I minted. Um, basically, he reached out and I told him about, you know, OpenSea when we be on the homepage. And he was like, dude, that's insane. And I was like, oh, really? It is? And he's like, yeah, um, you're going to sell out. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, dude, you're going <laughs> to, what do you you're mean? going to <laughs> sell like all of your NFTs. He said, that's what happens every time. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to sell everything. I had about like eight things up. Um, and I didn't know how to do multiples yet. So I just did one of ones. And like, you know, there, there was just no thought in my mind that I could sell eight NFTs in a matter of like two weeks. Um, right. So, so anyways, so whenever he said that I would sell out, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a huge goal for myself. I'm going to try to make $8,000 this month off NFTs. So I bumped up my goal. I set my goals high. I started working on uh, some pieces. And whenever they actually posted me on there, um, I made, I think I made 5,000 within the first few seconds. And like, I was just wow. like, like shaking. Um, like I had no clue what to do with myself. Um, so basically, <laughs> uh, as the day progressed, um, I just kept seeing sales come in, sales come in. And, uh, whenever it hit, Actually, whenever I hit 5,000, that was the most I've ever seen in my, like, account, if it was in my bank account. Wow. Um, like, I was freaking out. Um, and then I think they had me on there for, like, 29 hours, something like that. So it was, like, a day and a little bit, a little bit longer. And uh, whenever I woke up after, um, after that day, which I don't even know how I slept, but I woke up after <laughs> that day and... Um, I checked, I immediately went on MetaMask and I was like, what's it say? What's it say? <laughs> you know, thinking that like, um, I think at the time I recorded, I uh, screenshotted it and it was at like 10,000, which was absolutely insane. But I woke up and it said $35,000. Oh my God. And how much did and you make I a was, month? Uh, how much did you make like a year at that point? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right. So my job, my last job. I made 20,000 the entire year. Wow. Um, and now I just made 35,000, which was life-changing for me. Um, I'm, I immediately paid off our car, which we had like, like 16, 17,000 on, something like that. Um, we paid for a couple of other, other debts that we had, um, student loan, whatever. Um, so, you know, like I got to pay off things. I got to upgrade my wife's and our wardrobe. Um, we really needed an upgrade because we were just buying uh, uh, thrift store clothes. Yeah. Um, and we were buying the, whatever the cheapest stuff was. Um, so that was awesome. Um, and then once it ended out, I ended up making uh, 40000 um off my first month of NFTs. And, you know, that kind of money was just not fathomable. Like, I just couldn't understand how how that even real, you know, um, from going from, you know, making 20,000 the entire year to making 40,000 in just a month. Um, that, that was life changing for me. 
And that was in um, the, the span of 48 hours, right? That, that, that all something like that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So even crazier that it happened in, in, in a year's worth of money, you know, it over almost tw- doubling your salary in 48 hours, basically. Right. Um, that's, yeah, it took me two years to make that. Yeah. That's, that's just, that is absolutely incredible. And, yeah. um, and I love to hear too, that you were smart about it too. And you started to pay off your debts and, you know, you were doing all those things that, you know, the immediate things, which I think it's just a testament to who you are as a person and, and, uh, really that you're, you're, you got a good head on your shoulders to know that those are the, those take priority over, you know, miscellaneous yeah. purchases that you could have, you could have spent that money in a million different directions. But the first thing that you did was you focused on the essentials, which, Right. It's just, I think a lot of people need to start getting into that mindset of, of practicality for sure. And I think, um, I think one of my interesting decisions was I paid off the car, which was like 17,000. And I'm pretty sure, um, whenever I was, I was looking on OpenSea and I seen board apes and they were sitting at about $17,000. Oh, and I was wow. like, I was like, you know what? I think this is a good investment. Um, I seen the community, like I knew from flipping, that like this was a good investment but you know i just thought let me pay off the car and uh and i didn't buy the boarding um <laughs> i ended up buying a mutant ape later on but there you uh, go <laughs> but yeah see like yeah i just yeah i was just focused on changing my real world life first and um, i didn't want to dive into buying nfts yet All right um, that was very important to me so well, yeah, yeah. There was, well there was gavin that. I want to, I want to ask you this, right? Um, yeah, I want to make sure we, we set aside time for, for this conversation because we could get very deep and very, um, because I mean, you'll see, right. I have, you know, I'm rocking gone fishing, you know, yes. uh, which is honestly probably like we talked about, uh, one of the most underrated pieces I think in your, in your collection, um, in my, in my humble opinion, but, uh, that's just me, but, <laughs> but, um, I really, um, I'm really interested in, in, in understanding. So like where you draw that artistic, I guess, just, just spark within you, you know, where, where does that come from? Because I know you said that, that you've been very artistic and, and have gravitated towards art since a very early age, but I mean, a lot of people have some sort of inspiration for for it um, from other people. Like, what what does that what does that look like? What you know, in the context of other artists, combined with you know that's artistic spark naturally coming from yourself. Where where do you see that artistic inspiration coming from? Yeah. Um, so to start this off, um, I do have to like, I do have to start with when I truly wanted to be an artist um please do and that was kind of like a a triggering story um for like a lot of people sure um and i haven't really told anyone this before um look gavin you know just whenever i was in um elementary school yeah i um i basically was getting bullied so bad i couldn't handle it anymore um so i actually planned suicide um, I knew where my dad's gun was 
And what I was going to do was I was just going to take it to school and shoot myself. I wanted everyone to, like, see it. But, you know, that was one of my darkest times. And whenever I was planning that, I planned the whole thing. Um, what I took from that was there's this thing with, with death. Like, I, I was going to go through with it. And um, overnight, I had a dream about um, this, like, eerie figure. Um, and I started trying to draw that figure. And finally, I think I've come to somewhat of a more um, what that figure looked like. So the day before I was going to do it, um, this figure that's actually my PFP right now, that figure, in a way, it was like similar to that. Um, that's the figure that I've seen. Wow. And what somehow I just got from that that I shouldn't do it um, because I have something in me that I want to share with the world. And I started working on um, on trying to get that figure out of my mind. Um, and when every time I would go and try to get the figure out, I couldn't do it. But that made me kind of interested because like I couldn't I couldn't do it. You know, um, I couldn't make that figure come out. Um, and uh, as I was making art, I would always have these people come up, even though the people bullied me. Um, the same people would come up and be like, that's really sick art. And, you know, and wow. like that, that put something in my heart. Um, so what that did was that made me think like, wow, maybe, maybe I should, you know, be an artist. Um, one of the people that bullied me really bad, um, one day he just randomly came up and was like, like, even though he's this guy, like, so mean, he came up to me and he was like, you're going to be a professional. Um, I think he said something weird, like, you're going to be a professional drawer. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess I will be. And, you know, it was so weird because um, this guy would usually just pick on me. Um, so it kind of like, it linked me, um, a lot to like the real world. Like, uh, I was, I was thinking that everything was so negative whenever, if I would have just looked at what was actually happening, these kids were just really insecure. It's possible that their parents were bullying them. So they, they bullied me, you know, like I just didn't think about that kind of perspective. So, um, so, you know, that's really what led me to want to create. And um, luckily, like, I feel like I've got this figure in my head out, but I want to continuously get the figure out over and over and over again. I want to, like, really just get a good grasp on who this is, what this figure is trying to tell me. Um, so there's, there's that. And there's also this love I have for, um, for the, I don't know exactly what it is, but these bright colors, these um, dark colors, there's something aesthetic to me about making colors pop and um, creating something um, out of thin air. And um, what's interesting to me about that is making that now valuable is something that is really cool. Somebody told me a few days ago that they paid for a, um, a semester of college with a piece they flipped for profit of mine. Wow. And that was like, wait, what? You know, like I'm actually providing like... Like I can provide people with a an income piece um, 
that alone started like like now you know that started getting me like oh my gosh this this is getting absolutely crazy it's not just changing my life it's changing everyone around in this whole vicinity um so that kind of got me started in thinking like you know i, I want to be an artist um another thing that got me started in art was whenever i met my wife i met her in high school um so uh before we were married um she was an artist she would always create and uh whenever she met me and she seen how passionate i was she gave me all of her tools all of her i didn't i couldn't afford permanent markers she gave me a couple of those and i was like thrilled because i was like what <laughs> um so she gave me all of her supplies and she said look you're an artist i just thought i like doing art but i don't i don't even like creating um obviously you create and that was like oh my gosh because you know like that's what kind of brought us together was art and she gave up on it like that um because because she seen something I guess she knew in me that she didn't see in herself. She knew. Um, so the, I don't know, stories like that. Um, I don't know exactly what makes me want to create, but I think that that story from whenever I was in elementary school really speaks, um, truth. Well, I, I think from a, you know, from a psychological standpoint, what I see playing out is the integration of the shadow from, you know, a Jungian, uh, Carl Jung, a psychologist, um, he, you know, thought of this idea of the shadow and what that looks like is, you know, you integrating a part of yourself that is, is a dark part of yourself, but you integrate it into who you are and in what you're doing. I'm sure I'm not doing the exact explanation of it justice, but I mean, truly, I think that you have created um, a space for yourself that has out of this hardship been able to make art that's meaningful and that is deep um yeah so um along that line um i i study a lot of psychology and oh so um, you know what i'm talking about right mm -hmm. yep yeah um i i actually call them um dark passengers Ooh. they're like these these dark figures that come out um and they just kind of like if you're in a car and they're in a car like they're that thing is always with you um that's kind of how i like to think about it um yeah it's like the best um summary i could come up with like that dark figure you know yeah yeah for sure and are there other artists that really inspire you um i know that your art teacher definitely <laughs> in some form or fashion um, that you had mentioned earlier, but um, are there any lesser known or also, you know, widely known artists that really um, inspire you? Yeah, I mean, I um, I study a lot of art artists um, and uh, I try to never look up to anyone. Um, mm. I try as hard as I can not to. And I also, whenever I was in um, the grade schools, all of them, um, I would try as hard as I could never to copy. I absolutely mm. hate, like, like, copying. Um, I never want to be known as the artist that was inspired by this person or the yeah. artist that was inspired by this person. Um, I just wanted to go out on my own, my own thing. So, 
um, the one artist that I could say um, is Picasso. Um, I like how he reinvented himself over and over again. Mm. And, uh, and I love his way of showing the human figure. Um, and uh, I love Francis Bacon, uh, Basquiat, George Kondo. Uh, there's, there's so many that, um, and usually it's representing the figure, uh, the human figure, because that's what I'm interested in. Picasso um, all day for you. It definitely, <laughs> <laughs> like, that is like, uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one, but keep going, please. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be, um, it's always going to be something that I'm interested in is the human figure and trying to show how you feel. Um, mm. That's something that's very simple, but that's just what I want to do. I just want to show a aura, a, a feeling um, through the human figure. Because you can see that someone's sad, but what if they're smiling and you can't actually know that they're sad because they're hiding it? Mm. Well, there's this like internal thing inside um, and that's what I'm trying to grab out. Um, and, you know, I don't just show negative emotions. I do show happy. Um, I try to show a lot of that in my Gavin's World collection. Um, that's more of like my internal self and where I go. Um, some of the things that just like, it's like um, Gavin's World is like a different language for me mm. um, to speak. Um, it's such a different art style, I feel like, that like that's all I try to do is just tell you something that I'm trying to tell you now, but in a different language so that it may not be as dark as, um, you know, what some of the other things might be, especially my new, um, thing I created, which is Gavin Mueller editions. Mm. Um, those are, those are all, um, I basically call them continuous paintings. And, um, the piece that you see right now is my PFP. That's a one of one that is sold already. Um, that is my base painting, and it's called Ego. These are all digital paintings, and um, that one is like the base painting. And basically, I continue to paint over this painting, um, and I go in phases. So, like, there's second phase, third phase, fourth phase, and fifth phase right now. And um, and I just think that, like, showing different sides of this dark passenger um, are just really fun for me. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and really, I think that there's a lot of depth to, you know, that now that you've shared really what ego originates from, um, you know, and how that was inspired, I think that gives so much more depth to what this, this collection Gavin Mueller editions really means, um, what what um i'm curious what made you want to pick the colors that you did they look more pastel like is it was there a reason for that or is that kind of just like you just went with what your gut um totally off of i guess my emotions um yeah there i mean you know i study the colors a lot uh i go through and i'll like I'll look at like, uh, okay, what should this background color be? And I'll go through all the reds. Um, and like, you know, like as I'm going on that um, little color wheel, um, you know, the, these colors just stuck out to me. 
Yeah, for sure. What would you tell a person that is looking to be an NFT artist or just an artist in general? I, I think we could break it up into two parts. Um, I would say to look at what others have done, um, yep. how others have succeeded. Um, look at their style, look at their story, um, try to build your own off of what you see. But once you learn all of that, throw it all away and don't listen to anyone. I, love um, that. I think listening to absolutely no one is probably now that don't mean listen to no one. I mean, listen um, to only what you uh, resonate with. So um, I just don't want someone to get caught up in listening exactly like, you know, like someone's like, okay, you should do this many editions and you should make it look like this and you should make it yep. pink and you should make it pretty and you should, you know, like, like I'm never after pretty art. Um, that's a big thing of mine. I don't want to create a, a pretty piece. I want to create something that's um, meaningful, meaningful. Yeah. Deep um, and thoughtful. Um, I'm not just creating because, you know, I want to create a pretty picture. Um, so try to get out of the habit of listening to people. I know school kind of messes that up. I yeah. was a bad student because I never listened to people. Um, and because I felt like they always would push you to think something. So I hate yeah. whenever they try to push you to think a certain way. Um, I would say take people's information in. Um, if someone tells you some advice, listen, but don't put it in your head as that certainty. Um, don't run with what everyone says. Just think about what they just said in your own mind. Um, I think that's a huge thing for me. Um, I think that makes you a better artist uh, to not listen to everyone else. Um, that's probably like my, my, one of my biggest things. Um, and I guess um, I wouldn't want you to even listen to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, don't even listen to me. Just, um, just do your thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I have reached, uh, like, you know, like giving advice. I don't think I have reached the, I guess. The threshold or level. The recognition or whatever. Yeah. To, to give advice even, um, give me another 10 years of this and then maybe I can give you a couple of tips. But as of right now, no one knows what we're doing. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm just doing my best, and I had a feeling about NFTs. I had a feeling about art when I was young, um, and so I'm I'm going for it. So I guess bottom line is go for go with your gut, right? Yes, um, my gut, my gut told me one time. Um, I seen Gary V posting something about um, who are some artists, like uh, who are some artists that I need to buy or some something like right. that. Um, and I seen whole list of people just like spamming him with like like buy my art buy my art bots. You know, like all these bots um, yeah um and then some people are just like gary you would change my life if you buy my art you know like it's just like um so i was like huh let me go at this a different way so i told him the story about how 
the whole reason why I got into NFTs uh, was because of him and Ferocious's, um Like that was that was the moment that I was like, you know what? Let me get um, into NFTs. I told him the story. So so I, take it. Wait wait wait. Take a step back here. You told him the story. What was the context? Where did you tell him? I I know um, the I like know a, the context, Twitter, but it was on a Twitter post. Okay. Um, the first time he bought um, uh, women and weapons piece, uh, the yep. Genesis piece. Um, it was right below that. Um, I commented, and everyone was you know trying to get him to buy their art, and I was just telling him how thankful I am, and that like here's a piece, um, here's a piece that I did, yeah. um, and thanking for getting me into the space in the first place, and then sure enough. Uh, he bought one and I was like, I was like, what? You know, like <laughs> I was sitting, I was uh, standing in the shower and I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. Um, yeah. it, it was mind blowing because, you know, I've been following this guy for so long. He's the one that kept positivity in my ears. Um, he's the one that, you know, got me on the flip game, getting me out of, uh, the toxic job. Yeah. Um, and then, and he got me the NFTs and it's just, it's just full circle. Um, so, um, fast forward a little bit later, uh, when, um, NFT NYC happened, um, I went to that, um, and, uh, I ended up seeing him there, uh, at that. And so I went up to him, my wife had to like push me, uh, because like I see him (laughs) and I just ran away. Um, (laughs) Really? Wait, wait, wait. So you saw Gary and you were so pumped, but at that very moment, you said that what's the best option here? Oh, let me just turn in the other direction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I realized um, on that trip, I was shy. Anytime somebody was like, Hey, let's hang out over here. I was like, no, <laughs> like, no, I don't know how to hang out with anyone. Oh, um, I'm because of uh, my mom being an alcoholic. I'm not comfortable um, with, you know, drunken foolery, you know, like, like I just yeah. don't, it just, it's not something that I'm into. Um, I would rather sit at a, um, I, I don't know, like, I would sit at a nice place and draw, you know, like, that's my thing. Um, I would love to have dinner with a group of artists. Let's talk. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm not into the partying. <laughs> so anyways, I went there and uh, whenever I seen him, I, I felt this weird feeling in my gut that I've never felt before. Like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't talk to this guy, <laughs> even though I really want to talk to him. And my wife, like, grabbed me. She kept calling his name. Um, and he, he ended up making eye contact. And um, his immediate question was, I was going to explain who I was. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, kn- I know who you are. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> and I was like, no way. Wow. Wow. He knew so, exactly so he, who you were. He knew who I was. Um, I didn't have to explain it. And, like, I was so shaken up by this situation, the in-person talk. Um that I just kind of told him, like, I'm so thankful that you bought one of my pieces. Um, and uh, and then, like, I started freaking out, like, I didn't know what to say. And then I was like, can I get a picture? And uh, after, as soon as I walked away, I was so mad at myself. Because, like, I wanted to talk to him, not tell him, thanks for buying my piece. I want a picture, <laughs> you know? Like, that's not what I really wanted to say. But um, uh, whenever I was coming back, from the trip, I started working on the piece. Um, I'm shy and that's okay. Because like, I knew that I was shy. I didn't know that I was shy until right then. I was like, wow, I'm shy. Um, so 
I um, I created the piece. I put it out. Um, I kind of hyped it up a little bit, and I tagged uh, Gary Vee and told him that like I told him another story. I told him how like I was so shy uh, meeting you, and uh, and I made this piece right after meeting you. Um, and this piece is basically made because of our interaction. Um, and this whole new way of language was created because of that interaction. Mm. And um, that whole Gavin's World um, collection. And crazy enough, he bought that piece as well, <laughs> which is a one of one. And, um, and you know, that, that just really, really shook me up. Um, so... Yeah, and you know, like he he really made me feel like everything was was possible because it was full circle. I I watched a video of him of Walsh just talking, um, like and how like everything was life changing for that kid, and then all of a sudden he's buying two he's bought two of my pieces. Yeah, yeah. So there's some there's something there. Oh, absolutely, and you know, just from our conversation. I mean, this is only supposed to be an hour. Honestly, I, I talked with the team in the back channels. We might extend it a little bit just because this is awesome. way, way too good uh, to be, to be ending. So um, yeah, it, it, you're the first person to, for, for us to game time decision, make it just a bit longer. So um, kudos awesome. to you uh, for having such an amazing story and, and insights really, truly. Um, and I think that uh, to your point on, not feeling like you can give advice or give insights. Um, I think that you have much more depth to yourself that needs to be shared with the world through your art, whether it's you speaking, whether it's you creating. I think that that, I guess, insight in, in, just, in just perspective can be portrayed through your art. Uh, truly. I mean, I really think that that's whether you realize it or not yet. I think that you're, you're that's what you're actually acting out, right? Belief is, is what one acts out. And I see that in you and, and I believe in you brother, honestly. So that really means a lot, man. Of course, honestly. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about believing. Please um, do. So on Instagram, um, before I got into Twitter, I didn't have a Twitter or NFTs. So before I got into um, Twitter, I was on Instagram, and right whenever I told my wife, I was like, "Look, I gotta get into this, even even if it costs us everything. I need to get into NFTs. Um, I love how how it works. I love how there's royalties. I love how it's digital. I mean, it's everything about it. And I think I can make it as an artist here, um, because in my world." Um, I didn't have too much success. The only success I had was right out of high school. Um, a, um, a classmate of mine, um, she worked at Subway. She made minimum wage. Uh, she bought one of my pieces. And I felt so guilty at the time. And um, But I basically said, like, I'm not going low. Uh, I, I want $800. Uh, for the 16 by 20. There you go. Because I believe that, like, like I'm worth this, and whoever's willing to pay it is willing to pay it. And uh, I had a lot of people asking, like, hey, how much is this? As soon as I say it, they run away. Um, and then this person that worked at Subway, 
make minimum wage said she's interested and i was like awesome and i told her the price and she said oh wow that's a lot but i'm still interested and i said oh okay awesome so she said i don't have it right now can i save up for it and i was like wow. how about this i'll give you oh um we'll make monthly payments on it um and i think said i think i said like once you make half the payments um i'll just go and give you the painting and you can make the payments because i trust you um and that's what we did i ended up giving her a sketch with it um and you know like <clears throat> that was like crazy to me wow like that someone out of all the people that messaged me that had you know they were making whatever they were making they were you know adults we just got out of high school she's making minimum wage and she's like i want to support this artist um that that meant a lot to me um so <clears throat> that that kind of i don't know that's <laughs> yeah well that is, well look speaking of art i want to bring up um shammy and uh i'd love to get the uh the po app going for everybody because that actually that collection right. that you had mentioned earlier um the gavin miller editions um i'd love to uh to share that with everybody so uh shammy i just invited you up and uh we can get the po app going um all right shammy hello Hey there, friends. Hate to interrupt such what has probably been my favorite space uh, to date just because it was very personal. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate you, Gavin, sharing your story and coming on here to, to tell it with everyone listening. So, again, appreciate your time and, you know, your story is incredible. Um, so with that, uh, as everyone probably could expect, there's going to be a PO app for today. Uh, preference, if you have the PO, PO app mobile app, you're in, uh, you're in a good spot. If not, I highly suggest you download the Poe po app mobile app now. Um, today's secret word is going to be easy, so it's not going to be anything that you have to use special characters for or anything. It just You had to be listening a little bit, uh, but we'll make sure everyone gets it uh, who is tuning into today's space. So if you have the Poe app mobile app, please open it up. And once you have it open, hit the little plus sign in the bottom right-hand corner, and then you're going to select secret word. And today's secret word is going to go back to Gavin's uh, Gavin's roots a little bit. It's going to be one of the first jobs he had at a college. And if you're paying attention, you may have heard him say they worked at Pizza Hut. So that is today's secret word for the Po app. It is just Pizza Hut, all lowercase, one word, easy enough. Want to make it very clear for everyone to be able to understand and do it over audio. So today's secret word, again, is Pizza Hut. And that is not a reflection of Gavin whatsoever, but it is uh, a starting point. <laughs> Uh, just in, in his life, you know, it was one of the first jobs he had. Uh, I'm sure he's very, uh, and after, if you read the article, 137pm.com, you can tell that he's obviously a very grateful human being. And again, we're very stoked and uh, honored to have him in today's space. So again, today's Poe secret word is Pizza Hut. All one word. And you, you can, can access that. You can access that with the Poe app app on your phone, right? Correct. Only the Poe app mobile app. That's how we've been doing them as of late, and we're going to continue to do it that way until we have a better solution, which is just uh, an approval process waiting to come via Discord. So for the, for the time being, PO app, mobile app, secret word, Pizza Hut. Take it away, Nick. All righty. Gotta love PO apps, right, Gavin? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love the, uh, I love the word. Oh, for sure. It's, it's so fun. Uh, they're so fun and addictive. Um did you ever collect things like when you were young? Like, 
for the yeah. things like little things like silly bands. I know we're similar in age, so yeah. like silly I, uh, bands yeah, and stuff. I silly bands. Oh yeah, yeah those, I actually those still shit. have them. Oh really? What like yeah, uh, do you have a bunch? I, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, I actually got offered twenty five dollars at school uh, for a Michael Jordan one. Whoa! Um, and I had two, and I was like, "This is gonna be worth like ninety whenever <laughs> I get out of school," and uh, it's worth like. Five dollars or something. Oh man! I should have took that offer. Huh? Oh man! <laughs> it's kind of like it reminds me of the board ape thing earlier. <laughs> it's like ah, yeah. oh, oh, you could have done it. No, but um, that's so funny. I I wonder if there's and I know you don't like only if this resonates with you. It would be funny to have a Gavin Mueller collection inspired by silly bands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty funny. That would that would be quite the spectacle of all these. Uh, weirdly shaping uh personas and and individual i think that would be interesting mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but um are there um are there th- when you were young as well i know that you had mentioned um you collect stuff was that is was collecting sort of a thing that you drew inspiration inspiration from as well like is that something that was part of kind of what brought you up as an artist, like um, understanding collectors' dynamics? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I would collect a lot, um, and I would make smart moves in school um, because we didn't have much money, so I knew I couldn't afford a lot of things. So I would would have, like, um, a wrestler toy that I was very grateful to get um, growing up. I didn't know how my parents could, you know, do something like that with absolutely making absolutely nothing hardly. Um, uh, so I was, I was like, wow, I got this wrestler. Um, but I would be like, okay, so I got this wrestler and I got it like three years ago, um, three years Christmas. So let me bring this to school. I know a kid that wants to trade Pokemon Emerald. Um, I'll trade him Pokemon Emerald for a wrestler. Um, he sees it as a good deal. And I'm not going to, you know, try to, like, get one on him. He just thinks it's a good deal. He loves wrestling, and he doesn't like Pokemon. Uh, so we trade, and the wrestler ends up being worth um, $15. And the Pokemon game is, like, 200 plus. So, like, you know, I would make things like that happen. And then I would think of, like, how? How is the Pokemon game worth more than the wrestler? Um, right. So I would go into deep study on, like, what makes it more valuable and it would be value itself, um, providing value. Interesting. Um, plugging in that specific Pokemon game to the Game Boy has more value than the wrestler does. Um, so I would study up on value. And yeah, so now um, with NFTs, I try to provide lots of value to people. Um, like the guy that owned the, um, the base painting, um, mm-hmm. he doesn't actually even know, but what I'm going to do is, um, whenever gas goes down, um, I have actually private sold him, uh, uh, all four, but I'm going to actually send him one for free. Um, and I might, I might send him two for free. I don't know yet. Um, we'll but basically because, because he owns the base painting, um, and it's a one of one, um, I try to really, uh, honor collectors that pay way up, uh, for a one of one. Um, that's like, you know, like it's on primary, it's not on secondary. Um, he bought it directly from me. It just means a lot to me. Um, so I try to, I try to provide a lot of value, um, with the 
speaking of gone fishing, you have a gone fishing PSP. Mm-hmm. That was actually a, a fun little game I did um, not too long ago, uh, where basically you would collect as many mirror pieces as you could. And um, gone fishing gave you a head start because it was a 50 of 50. And, um, and it was a cheap price. Um, my floor price was like 0.15 then, or 0.2, something like that. Um, that's the largest um, quantity I did. And basically, I was going to give away this utility fish. They're called Mueller fish. And um, basically, I tried, it's like once every two months, I airdropped these guys um, an NFT uh, for holding this Mueller fish. And um, and that was, uh, uh, basically, I did a tier list. So there was like bronze, silver, gold, basically. And um, the gold was you get a one-of-one one fish and you get a one-of-one one, um, for collecting as many as you can. And um, and then I did like a second tier was like a two-of-two two and a one-of-one. One, and the third tier was like just two-of-two. Two. Um, so I try to provide lots of value, lots of fun. Um, so yeah, it does have a lot to do with that, with um, with my, my past, you know, thinking about those Pokemon games that were fun. They provided me with a lot of value. Um, you could you could even, what the funnest part about Pokemon for me was collecting them, trying to get a shiny, and then trading them um, to other people. And then I could, in turn, um, I could literally, like on the bus or something, like trade a kid, uh, like a Charizard, for like a shiny Pokemon or something in real world. Um, like uh, one time I traded this kid a shiny Pokemon, which is very hard to get. Um, right. They're very rare. I traded him something for real world. Um, he actually gave me his entire Game Boy. He had two. Um, his family had a lot of money, so they bought him two Game Boys, <laughs> and he gave me that Game Boy for a um, a shiny Pokemon on on the Pokemon game. What do you have um, a backup I, just hanging right. around, just like just in case one lost battery? Is that the deal? Right. <laughs> like... Yeah, and he had and he had uh, DS as well, and I didn't. I never had a DS. Um, everyone always like flex their DSs in front of me. And I was like, man, yeah, you know, I got a Game Boy, but super grateful. I even got the Game Boy. Um, my, my dad actually, um, I think he got it from this rent place where you like, you rent stuff. So you yeah. can actually afford it um, all together. But yeah, like, you know, I was super grateful that I even had it in my hand. Um, so yeah. Gratitude, honestly. Um, so, so true. Um, I want to ask you about gratitude and what it means to you. And then right after you're, you're, um, I'd love to, uh, bring in a couple people for uh, Q and a, so awesome. maybe just riff on gratitude and then we'll, uh, we'll grab some people that, uh, have some questions for you. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's this, like, like, I feel like gratitude is really like a superpower. Um, mm. like it can be so powerful because whenever you look at everyone and you look at what everyone else has or like, you know, like, I don't know. Um, I could like, even though I have other things that I'm doing, I could look at you and be like, dude, you work for Gary V. How unfair is that? I want to work for Gary V, but not right. take the steps to do it. Um, not like, like there's so many things that you could say. Um, you could even say, I could have created that Picasso, but you didn't. Um, so being grateful for what you have, 
done or or have literally um, is I don't know. It's just it just really helps your mind um, instead of pointing fingers and saying like I want what he has. I want what he has. You know, like that's um, that's what I love about this space is a lot of times we kind of anyone that starts um, bickering and starting pointing fingers and saying I want that and that and that um, those people usually get kind of like tossed to the side in this space because nobody wants to hear that. Um, That's what I like about this space is it's so real. Um, Instead, you can say, one day, I want to do this. And like people are like, that's awesome. That's your dream. Not like, I want this. Give it to me. And start pushing people down for it. Um, Like one of my big dreams is I want to go to Auckland with one of my pieces. Um, Christie's, mm-hmm. Southie's, like, oh, and um, I want to get on Nifty Gateway and Super Rare. You know, that's a goal of mine. That's something that I'm pushing towards. But to say that you deserve it, that's another thing. I don't, yeah. I'm not going to say that I deserve it. I'm just working very hard towards it. And within the next five years, I hope to accomplish one of those things. Um, hopefully. Entitlement is, is a disease. Yeah. Um, it it comes a lot with like it's very hard to uh run away from that thought because you know you start going to the mind state of well i'm alive um and i only have one life so i'm going to take everything i can and you know that's just not how you should be thinking about this um there's a lot more to it than just what you want um there's every everyone wants things um, so I don't know, you, you can get really stuck in that mind state, but I'm, um, I'm glad there's someone like Gary Vee that helped me settle up my thoughts. Um, yeah. cause it was very difficult. Um, even though I've been grateful, it's very difficult whenever you're receiving so much negative, uh, to stay positive. So I think positivity, putting positivity in your ears is very, very important. Absolutely. Um, and with that, I'd love to open up the floor for any questions. So if you have a question, please raise your hand. There should be an icon somewhere towards the bottom that has a hand icon. Um, I have been absolutely enjoying this conversation so much. Um, it, it, it By far, it's been uh, one of, if not my total favorite. Um, I really appreciate that. I would go on for four hours if you would. Oh, no, I, look, if I could, and if it wasn't like, you know, if we didn't have to have like the crew and, and whatnot in the, in the space and like have, uh, you know, a whole thing, like I would totally just riff the rest of the day with <laughs> on this, make it a full, you know, full boat Joe Rogan style, just four hour <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, it, we should definitely, I, I would definitely do that um, at some point with you, just like on a, oh, yeah. yeah, I would definitely would love to do that. Um, but yeah, look, any, anybody that wants to raise their hand, please do. Um, in the meantime, we can keep riffing. I mean, look, I think we just have a captive audience and I think that they just, by what I'm getting, cause nobody's raised their hand yet. That's, that's what I'm being told right now is that there's, <laughs> there's, uh, we're just, we're just riffing and it. it's, uh, definitely a good conversation. So, um, so while we're waiting for people to raise their hand, um, I'd love to know, um, from your, oh wait, actually we do have someone, hold on, let's bring you up. 
they're just connecting now. Hello. If you just hit the... Echo, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. How you doing? Oh, my bad. I'm doing really well. I stumbled upon this uh, podcast. I'm I'm part of the V-Chain, right? We're all trying to do the NFT thing. Yep. No one knows what's going on. And I'm starting to see artists pop up and show up. And I think ultimately this is a platform where artists can get the money drawn back to them. And I hate to see people using the digital platform as a way to come up and not actually support the artists. And this is a project that I feel good about that I just ran into the whole time. I've been looking up who he was looking at his work and he's got another fan. So that's about it. And thank you for listening. Very grateful. grateful. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate it. All right, I think we have someone else in the question. All right, you're up. All right, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes. Awesome. Well, first of all, I just want to say, you know, thanks for sharing your story and very glad you're still here to tell it. Um, and, you know, just kind of talking off of some of the things you shared, like Gary V inspiring some of your work, you know, going forward, especially since you you try not to copy or look up to some other artists around you, you know, what are some of those moments or some of those things that you go and do that inspire some of your, you know, more recent possibly future work? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I try to, um, obviously I like to draw inspiration, but I don't like to copy. Um, one of my big things that I loved as a kid, uh, one of the pieces I loved was Guernica, uh, Picasso piece. And <clears throat> That really led me on this hand piece. Um, Guernica is a black and white, um, well, it's like black, gray, and white piece. And um, that emotional um, capture, like it just captures this emotional picture. That's what I wanted to capture, but in my own way. So um, drawing from that, um, I tried to create something that I've always wanted to see in the art space. Um, as far as like in museums and um, even in the NFT space as well, uh, this hand. And I'm um, trying to show emotion through this specific hand um, instead of the face. You know, usually you show emotion through faces um, and even through body movement. Um, but yeah, like something like that, something new. I'm always trying to think of like how to. I want to create something new and something that I haven't seen in the space yet that I would love to see something that's aesthetically pleasing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I go. Awesome. Well, definitely looking forward to uh, what's in store. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for the great question. Appreciate it. All right. Um, as I, um, as we were talking, I just, or as I, we just wrapped that question up, I, I just, bought your um the uh the artist piece that i did that um oh nice yeah so i just snagged that appreciate that man yeah of course (laughs) that i think i like that one too um definitely look i like these under point one uh ones i'm not i'm not swimming in eth over here so it's definitely appreciated when you toss (laughs) some good some good ones down hey i'm i'm actually not either the um the gavin mueller editions uh-huh. Um, that took because it's um, see, I believe a lot in um, like I really, really want to become um one of the the great artists here. And whenever I studied the great artists in this NFT space, which was Beeple, 
X copy yeah. um, Felocious. I think they are all on a different contract. ERC seven two one. And I know that like ninety percent of my artist friends don't even know what that means. Oh, um, you yeah. know, they're just creating under the um the open C contract. So I wanted to this collection, I wanted to really show that like like I'm ready to be, you know, like in the big leagues. I'll do exactly yep. what they're doing. So I created the exact same contract that took me five thousand dollars to do today. Wow. Um, you know, like I was saving up for a while now for that. And like just to create that because it's so expensive to um create that specific contract. But um, you know, I think it's necessary. Um, so I'm dedicated to grow. Um and I still have this other contract which um has more affordable pieces um for people. It's a contract that's free. So like I'm glad that both are here. Yeah, no, I agree. It yeah, that's definitely um for sure. I, I agree that ERC uh, 721, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just so blown away by, um, your story and by your ability to be vulnerable in the space and, and honestly share a story that you have not shared before. And, and I think that takes a lot of, um, courage on your part. And, um, I just want to go ahead, please. No, no, go ahead, please, please go. Okay. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, whenever I got my first, um, I actually got, uh, in clubhouse at first and like, I couldn't speak. Um, it was a, a big space. Um, I had a friend who had a lot of connections and he was like, look, this space is going to be amazing. Um, he said, if you talk, uh, or if you, yeah, if you talk about your work in this space, um, that I'm doing or this clubhouse that we're doing, um, no doubt you'll you'll succeed for the rest of your life. And mm. uh, that's how big this space was. I guess there were a lot of heavy hitters. And um, I didn't know much about Clubhouse. I didn't know much about who was big, who wasn't big. I didn't pay attention. I was just trying to like focus on how I was going to talk. The second he said my name, I left the Clubhouse. I couldn't speak. I don't oh, know how wow. to, I don't know how, I didn't know how. You know, like, I just couldn't speak. He said, hey, Gavin, I didn't answer. I could, like, there was no words that were coming out, similar to whenever I got in front of Gary V, I think it just takes me a while because um, I'm, I can talk. I can talk a lot better to one-on-ones, though, like yeah. we're doing, um, than, you know, five speakers at a time. As soon as there's five speakers at a time, it's very hard for me to want to jump in. I love listening to people. I, I value everyone's thoughts. So um, on that, uh, what were you saying? Oh, no, no. Look, I just really, um, from... Yeah, I just, I just was really that. That was what it was. Is just look, you are a testament of someone that embodies a lot of great virtues, um, and I just really appreciate sharing the space with you. And and look, um, you know, we haven't got any other questions, so I think honestly, this is a good point to to wrap up here and and just say, you know, thank you. Um, this has been such an incredible space. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Amazing. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can find Gavin Mueller's work where? Just so we can, you know, people can find your work, especially because this is yeah. recorded and, you know, we'll have it um, yep. as a podcast. Um, 
link tree, um, always click on my links. I would not want you to search it on OpenSea. What's um, the URL for that? Um, it's, uh, I don't know, it's in my bio. Um, yeah, sure. So just look up, I'm just saying it for people that are listening after gotcha. this is live. Um, you know, so yeah, click, uh, yeah so just um, look up Gavin Mueller, M-E-E-L-E-R on Twitter. Um, and then hit the link in his bio and uh, you can find all his work. Is that right? Yes. Yep, that's correct. Amazing. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this has been Web 37 Daily and we'll catch you in the next one.